Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Goddess Activation Podcast, where we dive deep into all things divine feminine energy, pleasure, healing, sensuality, and really living connected with our bodies. I'm your host, Nikita Anand, spiritual embodiment coach and Kundalini and Tantra facilitator. And if you're ready to remember, reclaim, and activate the ancient wisdom that has always been within your body, stay tuned. Hello, beautiful friends of ours. Today, we're going live, Nikita and I, to talk about this beautiful connection between somatic healing and Tantra. And as you are coming in to this space and joining us, please let us know where you are in the world. I'm in Costa Rica, lucky me. I'm curious where you are right now. And I'm really excited because I am not a Tantra expert. As you know, I'm into somatic healing. But my dear friend Nikita, who I am actually hosting a retreat with here in Costa Rica in March, she teaches trauma, I mean trauma, tantra <laughs> practices. And um, she's going to chat with us about this really cool connection between the two. So Sweden, Canada, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, so Kanda, Santa Cruz, Brazil. That is so cool. Sedona. Hello. Hello. How is everyone? <laughs> I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm great. Really excited to talk about Tantra and somatic healing. It's, I, I love, yes, I'm so excited to dive in. There's so many similarities and it's so funny how somatic healing, I mean, I know we'll get more into that in a second, but Thematic healing has like a little bit more of the scientific background and Tantra sometimes has almost the same practices, but it comes from a thousands and thousands and thousands of year old philosophy of life. And I mean, you've shared practices with me where I, I was mind blown because I do the, the literal, literally the same exercises with my clients, but I've known them from a Tantric background. So I'm really excited to dive deep today. So cool. We have someone joining from Iran. That is so freaking cool. And Atlanta, Georgia, and the UK, and the US, and California. So cool. How is everybody feeling? How are you doing? Let us know in the comments. And also, if you are familiar with Tantra, if you are familiar with somatic healing, let us know as well what is kind of your background in these things. From India, cool. Okay, so what were the practices that you were like, oh, I know these, these are familiar to me, like I do the same, and are they exactly the same or do you do them, do you feel from a different angle? Should we start with like a two sentence entry? Um, yeah, you can practice Tantra for solo, but Tantra is, let me start with what is Tantra actually. Tantra oftentimes in the somatic, uh, in the Western world, we know Tantra only as sex because the Western world has slapped the word sex over the word Tantra and that's just how it got, gets sold all over the, um, let's say maybe not Asian or not Indian world. But Tantra is so much more. Tantra is an ancient Indian philosophy, a way of living and it encompasses everything. So just like in life, sex is a beautiful beautiful part of life. I love it. But there is also so much more in life than sex, right? And the same applies to Tantra. And yes, with the Tantric 
ways of living and there are um, specific practices to enhance your sex life as well. Yes, your sex life, again, can be enhanced and feel more deep and exciting. But Tantra itself is so much more than just that. And when we live a Tantric life or embody different aspects of it, all of our life is enhanced, not just this part. So in Tantra, it comes back down to a few foundations. The first one I always say it's about seeing life as sacred and seeing everything as sacred, right? In most religions and even in some spiritual paths, we are told that some things are good, but if you do this, you're a sin. If you do this, you're a bad person. If you do this, this is not good. But in Tantra, everything is seen as sacred. And in Buddhism, which I learned a lot of good things from, but in Buddhism, they say life is suffering and you need to, I'm just saying it in a very short way, but basically you need to become so enlightened that you don't suffer anymore. And when I think of that way of living, it's a bit, it sounds a bit depressing for me. And in, yeah, and in Tantra, they say life is Lila. Lila means play. Life is play. Everything is sacred. So what if you saw life as play? Like my shoulders are open. I am excited about life when I think of life as play and not think of life as suffering. And so from this standpoint that everything is play and sacred, you have a different way of relating to your emotions, to your body, to sex, to, to friendships, to work, to everything, right? So that is one basic of seeing everything as sacred. You know what question like comes up for me right away? And I know this is maybe not exactly the question that, that it just came up for me. So I'm, I'm going to ask you from this perspective of seeing kind of life with a lot of pleasure and joy and excitement. I'm curious how you see it for trauma healing, like Tantra, how Tantra approach trauma healing? In a very powerful way, because, um, um, because of, uh, some of the other basics are being in the present moment and being in your body, being connected with your heart and with your body, and also being connected with spirit. You can call it God, life, universe, higher self, whatever you want to call it. But being connected with something higher, which you feel good being connected with. And when you then put the tantric view of life onto trauma, it's a, it's not, trauma is not seen as this heavy thing on, ah. Uh, now you have to heal it and it's so hard and you know i feel like it's a much more um compassionate and more compassionate view of looking at trauma of looking at emotions and again because emotions are also seen as sacred maybe if you grew up with this with this way of seeing a life you have a easier way of moving through emotions, right? I feel like you have a bit less resistance to suppressing your emotions. You're a bit more open to just looking at your emotions, just being there, breathing into them and knowing that just because you're sad or you've been sad for a week, it's not the end of the world. There is a much, much, much deeper lesson or message underneath that. And I know you've been to India. I mean, your family is from there. Do you feel like it kind of encompasses at least, obviously not everyone, but some of the people, like their spirit? Because just in the culture around emotions, you know, in the U.S., I felt, at least in California, that it was very much suppressed, you know, your emotions and thinking about like, you know, the workplace and capitalism and how it's like, literally you you wouldn't think of like crying in the workplace really you know it's like okay so what do we do it's very like technical and practical but there's no space for that so i'm curious 
if you see that differently kind of in other cultures? Um, it's different. You know, something that saddens me a bit is India has this deep, deep, rich background in history and ancient history, but there is a lot of the feminine suppression, right? And I mean, it's 1.3 billion people. So and it's a huge country. So everywhere it's different. And I can only talk about the places where I have been and where I'm from, but I have the, the emotional suppression is also there. I mean, I was there in April and I still heard from my aunts, don't cry, you know, um, just be quiet, don't say anything. So these things, that's what saddens me a bit because there's like this deep ancient history and then in the modern world or nowadays, there's still like this deep suppression. So it depends. I mean, I guess if you're living in the Himalayan area, that might be different, right? Yeah, yeah, sad, very sad how it's yeah. like that. So where do you see the meeting points between like somatic healing, you know, so a lot, I saw a bunch of people here, somatic experiencing practitioners, um, where do you see the meeting points? Presence, being in the present moment, coming back into your body from the mind, like really dropping in and on one way connecting the mind and the body and one way also going deeper right deeper than just the mind going really into the body into your core into your heart into what you are feeling in your flesh in, in your sensations in 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 your whole body and if you stay in tantra there's a few basics and a few basics to pleasure as well which i mean pleasure in itself is a whole topic um itself but we say that sound breath and movement are the three most important basics of tantra and pleasure practices and when i look at somatics we work with the breath because breath might be the single most important thing we work with sounds with exhaling with the woo exercise that you love um and i mean we can talk about sound here you shared the woo exercise with me and in 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 tantra there there's there's chanting there's chakra toning there's opening your throat right like there's so many similarities and then with movement, I mean, somatic, somatics has movement written all over it. And in Tantra, there is there are so many different um, movement practices that are there. So there is, for me, it's, it's almost not the same, but it has so many different similarities, just that the science aspect is more in the somatics and the ancient mystery and the magic and the sacredness aspect is more in Tantra. It's so cool. I have so many things coming up. First of all, what you said about presence is like the biggest thing that I learned in all my trainings around presence was bringing presence to an emotion, bringing presence to a sensation and bringing presence to trauma. Because when you're just present with it and you're not judging it, you're just there, you know, you're just like becoming the container for it and you almost give it a safe Space, it's so healing that is where the healing is like that's one of the biggest skills that I teach my clients is how to bring presence to their pain you know and that is how you heal and how to bring this attitude of I'm just noticing I'm just witnessing and that's like the first step but you know it's so funny I wouldn't say that somatics is like only dominated by men because there are so many amazing um, female you know, practitioners and teachers. But when you do read the main, you know, somatic books and trainings or whatever, at least from my experience, maybe other people disagree. I've always felt like I wasn't getting the tools for, around emotions. 
Like I was not those tools. It was very focused on trauma healing through your sensations and being very still, being very, because you were talking about movement, being very like, and um, when I worked with my latest coach, she told me that the way that I approach emotions is very masculine. It's like, just like observing the emotion, but it's, I wasn't expressing, you know, and when you and I worked together, I remember it was really triggering for me to express them, to, to make sound and movement, like to make sound and movement was very triggering because um, I was never taught to, okay, there's people who agree. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, we we're never taught that it's okay. Like you said, don't cry. Crying is a sound. Crying is an expression. It's not something that you're sitting and just like observing. And we're taught that it's not okay. And I was definitely taught that. And I was so terrified. Like it took me a really long time to be able to just press the emotion and move that energy, which is a more um, in that polarity. It's a more like practice right the movement the sound um so yeah so that's really really interesting and i also wanted to mention i don't know if you know this but the reason i was so attracted to peter levine's work who is the founder of somatic experiencing is because he spends a lot i mean he combines science and spirituality like he even like gives credit to like different tribes and stuff that he sat with and spent time with and the, the, these practices, like the vu, you know, which is a sound, um, that comes from different traditions that he picked up on his way. And oh, I have to share the story because it's just so beautiful. Um, the way that he founded this whole field, like somatic experiencing, he wrote a book called uh, Waking the Tiger, which is one of my favorite all-time books. It's, it's like a beautiful guide. Systematics, and what happened was that he was looking at like at that it was like the seventies, I think, like forever ago, and he was sent this woman who like had severe, severe, severe anxiety, and just like no one could help her through talk therapy, you know, the traditional stuff. And at that time, he was studying animals, like he was watching animals, uh, videos of animals, and what do animals do? Like they rest right they express and they move and they make sound without inhibition and he was sitting with this woman and he got this intuition oh i have like goosebumps when i talk about it it's so cool he just got this intuition and he was like talking to her and suddenly it was like nancy nancy run you're a tiger run and she was like imagining it and that's how she she allowed all this trauma survival energy to come up and out of her body and literally stopped having panic attacks. And it's just, I literally have goosebumps, I'm not even kidding you. It's just so beautiful. That's why I love Tantra a bit more, if I dare say. Um, it, it, it combines the masculine and the feminine aspect. It, it combines the masculine and feminine parts of our brains, of our bodies, and also of our energetics. Right, we need the masculine to hold the space to feel safe, and then we can dive deep into the emotions, into the body, into pleasure, into into simply expressing. And sometimes you don't even know what it is. And with the tiger story that you just shared, 
we did an IG Live last week where we talked about exactly shaking, exactly, um, where we talked about um, connecting with your inner wildness, right? And that us humans have become so domesticated and like be stiff and be still and don't say too much and don't be too loud. We literally hold ourselves back and we constrict ourselves and make ourselves small. That's what we have learned growing up. And we have forgotten that we are partly animals as well. We are living beings as well. It's normal to make sounds, to scream, to shake, to uh, just make things like that. And just to not look like something in a magazine or in a TV show all the time. We are living, breathing beings and we don't need to look a certain way. We can, all of us is so needed and welcomed. And that's very, the reason I believe why a lot of us humans feel disconnected from ourselves is because we've become this domesticated version of ourselves instead of being who we truly are in our bodies, in our souls and, 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 and in our nature, in our human nature, not the, how humans should be, but how humans living beings are. Absolutely, absolutely, I love that. Yeah, one of the things that I have been doing with clients that I want to bring into the retreat, and because I work with a lot of people who really struggle with emotions, and there are so many layers on top of feeling an emotion. There is the grief of not being able to do that when you were a child, there is the rage, there is the freeze around it, so those layers kind of prevent us from getting into the emotion and so it has like a gentle process that I do with people and I really understand it because that was like a huge struggle for me. And one of the things that I do is I have them pretend that they're an animal, like pretend I'm going to channel my inner tiger, exactly. So I, I don't tell them which animal, but I'm just like, imagine you're an animal. Like, what animal are you? Okay, what do you want to do? And I had a client the other day be like, I'm a dog, and I want to shake. Like, someone just said, I think your name is Jill. Uh, you said, like, shake. And that, she was like, yeah, my dog shakes when she's scared. And I was like, exactly. So, you know, those just um, getting connected to animals, getting connected to this wild, wildness is what we give exactly like you said. Um, is there anything else that you want to add? And also, everybody watching, do you have any questions about somatic healing and about Tantra and like the, the meeting points and just any of this stuff? We would love to answer your questions. Yeah, something that comes to my mind when Jill was sharing about shaking is, I mean, there's scientific studies and, and just observations done with animals, again, that they shake after trauma and wild animals as well. And in Tanto, there's, I mean, if you look at indigenous tribes, they shake the African rituals of dancing and stomping in South America. That is, that is in our ancient memory, in our souls of stomping and dancing and shaking, right? And in Tantra as well, there is, there is the movement of, of, of intuitive movement and moving your body, but also specific movements. And with the shaking piece um, itself, there's a, what is it called? Um, I think it's called chakra breathing, the practice. It's by Osho. And you shake your body and you simultaneously breathe into each chakra. And the way that you're breathing and the way that you're shaking, you you really bypass the, the mind and you go into almost an orgasmic energy or tap into your own orgasmic energy, into your own orgasmic breath, where you just feel 
so blissful because you're inviting so much oxygen into your body and you're physically shaking your body and releasing a lot where it just feels like you're releasing a lot and you're coming back to your to your body to your heart to your soul and to your spirit where where release and bliss meet together and it just feels like a big party within your body like a big bliss or ecstatic party within yourself I love that. Um, there, we have some questions. I just wanted to share. So, literally, I did this Osho meditation in the retreat that I went on, which was insane. It was like I'm sure you've heard of this, but it was like an. It was called Osho Dynamic Meditation. Have you ever done that? Oh I God. think I think I have. Yeah. It was one of the hardest things I have ever done. Natalie, my coach, if you're watching, we were like. I think we're a little traumatized, but it was so fascinating because I love that he combines like a lot of movement and stillness, like movement, and you just get out of the mind. And one of the things that happened to me, I have to share because I feel like someone will resonate. Basically, there's five parts, and each part is about ten minutes. And there, I, I'm not going to talk about all of them, but there was one part where basically you have your, your hands up. If you watched Wild Wild Country, I think it's in there, this thing. And you're like jumping up and down. And you go, whoo, 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 like that. And then the next part is freeze, stillness. And basically when, when they say like stillness, you just, you stay like this. Right? I've done this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do it for like 12, 13 minutes, right? And then it started to hurt like really, really bad. And it was funny because she told us, pay attention to the stillness part, like pay attention to what's gonna happen. Cause that's like the, the most interesting part usually. And I started crying. I was literally crying cause I was in so much pain. And I wouldn't put my hands down. I was like, I'm going to, you know, be, do this until the end, blah, 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 in my head, right? And then I started crying. And then I was literally like, someone save me, Natalie, make it stop. Like thinking all this in my head, all this is happening. Like, make it stop. Blah, blah. And then afterwards, when I was talking to the other women, they're like, I told them that I was like keeping my hands up because we all had our eyes closed. And they were like, you kept your hands up for 12 minutes? why <laughs> like everybody put their hands their arms down you know mm -hmm. i was the only one and it was so powerful because i realized like this is exactly what i do in my life all the fucking time <laughs> i just like i make myself suffer like I, I like you know i just struggle and i and i do it to myself because it was my choice right and then i want someone to rescue me so it was just like so fascinating so fascinating of that it's our body always shows us our patterns exactly our body shows us our patterns also in the, in the way that we walk we sit we move you can see where do you hold more stiffness mere more um tension our body reflects everything it's crazy should we yeah. get to the questions yes molly is asking this is a really quick one what is the name of that breathing and chakra technique again? chakra breathing chakra breathing by Osho cool and then how can we really dive into our body when all when all like we're totally stuck in our minds um I can start and then I'm sure you will uh you will chime in 
So this is a very common thing that I face with all my clients and I face myself. And it is a process, of course. But for me, the main thing that I would do was to expose myself to a connection with my body a little bit every day. So for me, it was just sitting and noticing my sensations, just observing. Maybe Nikita will say that you should move. Um, maybe for some of us, it actually helps to move more. I know that for me, again, expression was like really, really triggering. So just sitting and observing felt more safe. So what I would always say is start with, with something simple that feels safe to you, that doesn't feel overwhelming, and then just expand the time that you are in your body, whether you're like dancing and noticing your body, whether you are just sitting and noticing what's happening inside, like in your chest, in your belly, what's happening in your body, all of these are perfect. I would, if you're doing it alone, love what Marina said of exposing yourself a little bit more at a time and growing your, your body's capacity to it. But honestly, I would recommend trying to work with someone. I have had most of my clients after our, even our first session, they tell me they've never been so much in their body like here. They've never felt so safe to be in their body. They've never been able to take off their mind and actually be in their body like as like in that session with me. So sometimes doing it with yourself and expanding your capacity, yes, absolutely. But sometimes we need the support and guidance of someone else to actually go deeper where you might feel safe with someone else, right? If you have to create your own safe space, but it just still doesn't feel safe to go into your body, it might be easier for someone else to create the safe space for you where you can drop in and connect more with your body. And I mean, again, the basics of Tantra, breath, breathing into your belly, exhaling loudly, making sounds, even movement if you need to. Um, exactly, Kath is sharing, she didn't have much progress with herself until she had some help with someone. Exactly, that's why I mean it can be really, really um, beneficial. Exactly, we don't need to do this thing alone, yeah. we get to be supported. Um, so I recommend working with someone if you can, getting some support or even just, maybe it's a guided um, movement meditation or a guided tantric meditation. Um, that you can do that will support you. And I mean, our honestly, our retreat will be, will dive really, really deep into those trauma healing, emotional healing practices. And with that somatic part, we're also inviting the sacredness of, of remembering your own sacredness, remembering the magic around you, the beauty around you, and remembering again that life can be, even when we're he healing and moving through these deep processes of, of trauma and, and old blocks, we can still see the magic within us, within our own eyes when we look in the mirror, in our own bodies, when we're simply looking at our body and gently touching it, even if we might not love all parts of our bodies yet, we can still see the sacredness and magic here. And we can see and feel and live the sacredness and magic in our lives as well, even especially if not everything is perfect the way you might want to. I love that. So there's a question slash comment. What is it when you get weak, disoriented, and sweat with fear and hands tremble? Do you want to answer that one? Do you mean in a specific practice or do you mean in general? I mean, it could be quite literally your body releasing trauma and releasing old blocks. That's often, oftentimes in Taoism, they say, 
the first sign of healing is when you release bodily fluids. So be it spit, vomit, um, pee, other things, period blood, sweat, orgasms. In Taoism, they say the first um, sign of healing is when you release bodily fluids. Yeah. It's so interesting because it, this is kind of a strange thing, but I believe anything can be trauma or healing, like the same thing, depending on the context. So basically, if the context is you're in a really safe container, whether you're by yourself or you have support, and I agree with you so much, Nikita, like I could not be where I am without support whatsoever, um, especially people who have already been there and share their experience and you feel like, okay, all right, I'm not alone in this thing, I'm not crazy. And when you're in that safe container and these things are happening, you're shaking, all these things are coming up and you're in your body, so you are connected to your body and, you're, and you know that this is healing, it can be very healing. But when you're in your head and it's happening, that can be even scarier. Um, and you also said, the same person that I tried exposure and trying to deal with triggers, but I got worse as I have been alone. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, there's two things. One, having support and two, going slow. Like going slow to go faster is my motto in life. And it's just, it's so true because when you push yourself, you actually re-traumatize yourself. And also what you were sharing that it just got worse I, I'm, a, I'm the first to admit I'm a figure it out myself first, like learn the basics myself first and then get certifications done or get help and work with experts. I like Googling. I like getting reading and getting my own foundations and then hiring experts. But sometimes in that process, which I had to learn the hard way in some aspects as well, is sometimes when we try to do some things by ourselves and DIY it, sometimes we do ourselves more harm than good because especially in the healing world integration really integrating whatever you move through is the most important aspect and now if you don't know how to do it or you don't feel safe or it's just a lot coming up and it's just quite literally too much to integrate by yourself that's when it's really beneficial to have someone to support you because then it can happen what you said it does more harm than good and that's not what we want right like you've moved through this powerful practice that what that, that you were sharing and then it just felt worse that's that it's 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 you were giving too much and then you received so little out of it like i really hope you get to integrate that with the support and fill yourself up again afterwards as well yeah absolutely we have so many more questions nikita let's try to get to all of them they're so good so i know there's also in the question box um let's get to the ones that we have so um, Can we start with the one, um, I know someone else also asked about Kundalini. What is the intersection between Kundalini, yeah. Tantra, and somatics? I teach Kundalini and Tantra, and Kundalini is a big aspect in the Tantric world, and Kundalini itself is the, is the powerful energy that is at the base of our spine and that moves through our chakras when we can really activate it, and it can be our... I, I love to describe it as the passion in life. That's almost what the energy feels like. If you've ever been passionate about something in your life, you know how excited you get. I mean, look at me, how I'm getting right now. That is like, 
<laughs> that is um there is such a big power and importance of kundalini i could talk about this for a really long time on my podcast i have multiple episodes on kundalini and on tantra you can check out the goddess activation podcast on on apple music apple podcast spotify um you can look through my content i will be talking about it more um but kundalini practices are a vital important aspect in the tantric world because in tantra we work with that energy we work with the kundalini energy we work with our chakras we work with our this powerful energy that gives us purpose in life and that connects us with earth and also with spirit and brings us back into our deepest of alignment of who we are as not just a human but also as a soul beautiful do you think that sometimes you can heal your uh, feel yourself sorry get worse before it gets better yes 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 and yes a million times yes <laughs> i really wanted to answer this one because i talk about it so much with clients that it's actually a really good sign when you feel worse you know it basically feeling worse just means that all these emotions are coming up to the surface which means you have space you have capacity for that to happen which is a really good thing like it means that you are healing and that you have space to deal with it now the first time that it happens is like super overwhelming and you probably feel like oh my god what do i do with all of this um and over time you'll see that it's going to feel more and more manageable for you and it's not going to feel so overwhelming so it's just that feeling the initial feeling but over time you really learn how to be with those emotions but just know that when they're coming up it is not a bad thing at all someone asked where to start and learn to incorporate tantra there is first connecting with your body that's like the first thing that you can do for yourself and then there are books you can this is my podcast you can look in my content we are hosting a retreat together where we dive really deep into tantra and somatic healing and the intersection of the both and how to apply it to all the different aspects in your life um and i invite you to play with with the the philosophy of tantra in in all areas of your life and also with different meditations with breath work with with movement and in my one-on-one -on -one client sessions and retreats that's exactly what i do and i'm so passionate and excited to do that awesome let's just answer the and thank you for the sweet comments i love writing posts for all of you so thank you for that um best subtle ways of somatic processing and releasing when in public and around others um so for all the men here that are watching um our retreat is only for women but i do have a group program that i would love to have men there um it's called heal flow so please check it out and like we said you know we can kind of like teach you the tools and i have been that person as well for like asking these questions and being like oh i can figure this out myself but truly being in a in a container that feels safe with someone who has been through this it just faster it's faster and safer and more pleasurable the whole process but to answer your question one of my favorite tools that is literally like a meditation is called pendulation and pendulation basic and i and i know a million more but this is just what's coming up right now 
And it's one that allows you to observe constriction in whatever way, you know, maybe it's an intense emotion, maybe it's fear, maybe it's just tension somewhere in your body. So you're just noticing it. And then you notice the openness, safety, presence somewhere else in your body and you go back and forth. And the reason that I highly recommend doing this with a skilled practitioner is because things are going to come to the surface. Now I do this practice all the time on my own. Literally, I can be like in a bathroom stall having a moment with myself, you know, somewhere in public where I feel like intense things are coming up and I can do this and I can release whatever is coming up. And it can be a quiet process too, and then come back into life. But, you know, some, some of us really need, like when I started also, I did this with my therapist so many times until I felt comfortable doing it on my own. So please, please, please consider getting support beyond Instagram lives, beyond Instagram posts. They are wonderful. I agree. I learned so much from this platform. But there is nothing that can replace an actual process with someone there by your side. And did you want to add anything before we talk about the retreat? Um, my favorite things are focusing on my breath, really breathing into my belly and letting my belly expand, like letting it get big, um, exhaling longer than you inhale. That is a very quick way to um, regulate your nervous system and go into your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, feel the floor underneath my feet or underneath this chair where I'm sitting on or wherever, which position I'm in, um, feel the floor, feel the ground underneath. And, um, sometimes I just shake my arms and like do this and like just shake some energy. If I can, I literally jump up and down and shake. Um, I don't care about public people, um, or like what they think of me. I I've done that so many times. Um, and Yes, I think that's that's my favorite ones. And I mean, if you have time to go deeper and then actually ask yourself, okay, why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling this and this? Then I, in my mind, I'm really good at getting to the root in my mind very quickly. So I do that. And then it's like, oh, whatever, I didn't feel seen or I felt like this person didn't, you know, validate me or whatever it is. So I try to untangle it if I have time for it. And if I want to in that moment, but I usually do it very quickly. Yeah. Beautiful. There's also the side breath, which is two inhales through the nose and then an exhale. Like that. That's a really good one. All right. So if you all want to take this work deeper, 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 we're hosting this beautiful, magnificent five day retreat experience here in Costa Rica in the jungle by a, an insane waterfall so so beautiful and we're going to be going super deep into all this work and this is a space for connections with other people that are going through similar experiences than you this is a space to go deep into your own body and your own healing and trust me when i say like months after a retreat you're still like integrating and healing so much like i'm still feeling it and some of the most stuck things in my nervous system have healed through going to a retreat recently that have been here for years. My inability to run has shifted so profoundly and I wake up more present and I wake up more, you know, just in my body and not anxious. Um, and so I really believe that is kind of like the percolation of this retreat. Yes, in Costa Rica. Yes, yes, yes. 
Um, so it's going to be so good. We're so freaking excited. And you can get all the info at the link in our bios. It says, and mine says Costa Rica retreat. So definitely check it out. Nikita, did you want to add anything? We're really excited to create this safe space and sacred space of not only diving deep and, and uncovering a lot of old layers, but also remembering again that you get to live the life of joy and excitement and this deep connection with your heart and your body and with your love every day. And you get to live a life where magic, where, where beauty, where, where excitement about you and love for your body is a daily thing. And it's not something that you have once in a month or once, you know, um, we want you to, this retreat is, is, Retreats for me are always this deep initiation, this deep process of releasing a lot and coming back to yourself. And it always, like you said, you still take a lot from it afterwards for your life because you've experienced this deep level of connection with yourself. And then keeping that deep connection with yourself for daily life afterwards, it's so much easier because you've already done it here for five days, for all day, for these five days, it's so much easier to keep carrying that with you for, um, for the rest of your daily life. Absolutely. All right. If you have any questions about the retreat, feel free to reach out to either one of us and have a beautiful day. Thank you, everyone. This was so much fun. This was so great. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Love you.